Hello and welcome to Grapefruit Cheese. The drinks podcast. You're on here, live. Not live. Live-ish. Depends. Recorded. Yeah. Depends what you define live as. Yeah. Uh, with uh, Jamie and uh, me, Dave. You're Jamie, I'm Dave. I'm, I'm Jamie. Otherwise and known as uh, Grapefruit. You, Jamie, and me, Cheese, Dave. Yeah, welcome back to all our regular listeners. And yeah. hello for the first time to all our you know, <laughs> new listeners that we're yeah. going to get from this Thousands of them, Jamie. Yeah. I'd have thought. Um, and where uh, where where are we today, Dave? Jamie, we're back where it all started. Yeah, we we are. recorded the first podcast here, and I don't know. I don't really actually know what it's called now. What's it called now? Uh, it's upstairs from the Finiston. Upstairs, upstairs in the Finiston. I quite like that. It's a good name for a bar. Huh. One day we'll take it. Uh-huh. Uh, but no, it's had a massive uh, refurb. It looks absolutely incredible. It's no longer well. I think it might still be called the Blue Oyster, but it's. Um, mm. It uh, looks incredible, and uh, when they get open to the public, definitely need to come down and check this place out. Yeah, is it all to the public yet? Uh, I don't know. doesn't mm. look like it. Are we the public? <laughs> well, now we are. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so our very first podcast was recorded here. Yeah. Uh, I was still working at the finish then. It's still our greatest podcast we've ever done. Oh. Until the last one we just did, the beer break number two. You need you to check that out. I think, yeah, I think so, yeah. Oh, yeah. All uh, the fans have been raving about it, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But we, uh, we are here for a reason, aren't we? Yeah, we're recording a podcast. Uh, well, there's a reason we're here recording the podcast. Oh, it's because of our very special guest, special guest. A special guest yeah. that will be uh, will be on later. Um, we've not uh, we've not spoken to him yet, uh-huh. but uh, he'll be on later once we've had our little uh, chit chat um, at the beginning of the show. Yeah, should um, we do so that now? So without further ado, <laughs> here comes the chit chat. Cocktail of the week. What's our cocktail of the week? Uh, so our cocktail of the week this week uh-huh. is called apples. 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 Apples? I've never heard of that, Jim. Is that a classic? Uh, I think decades from now it will be remembered as a classic. Right. So there's a bar in London called Coupette. Have you heard of it? You know I haven't? No. no. Coupette, uh, amazing bar. Um, I don't know where it sits in the top rankings, but... Um, Coupette is French for small coupe. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> we'll go with that. Yeah. Um, but they uh, they opened, I believe, last year or the year before, and um, they are very famous for two drinks. One is their champagne pina colada, oh, and the other one is a drink called apples. apples. What is that? Apples is, um, I believe, it, uh, so it's essentially apple done in multiple different ways, and it's right. where they they focus a lot on Calvados in the bar. Okay. So it's where they they do like seasonal a selection of Calvados it's with quite novel, apple isn't juice. Never heard of a Calvados bar. Uh, yeah, it's. Um, I don't know if it's a Calvados bar, but right. this this cocktail certainly is. The reason I'm I picked this cocktail uh-huh. is because um, the Class Bar Awards are one of the big awards for the UK for the bar industry every year. Right. Um, and uh, this year. Mm-hmm. Apple's one cocktail of the year. Wow. Okay. But that's not the interesting thing. Because right. the interesting thing is that Apple's also won cocktail of the year last year. Wow. Two years in a row. They're so far ahead of the game that they're winning it two years in a row. Or what what the fuck? How is that how is that possible? Maybe there are it's there are like... thousands, tens of thousands of co- hundreds of thousands of, like so many cocktails being created all across the UK. Right. But do you not think it's a farce that they say that there's such little ingenuity, such little you know thought going into this that yeah. this cocktail has been picked two years in a row? I've had it and it's absolutely delicious. Yeah, absolutely delicious. But for the judges to vote for it, is two it, the be- years is in it a row, one of the best drinks you've ever had? It's up there. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. Um, and with the concept and how it how it sort of happens, it's, you know, I think I think it's absolutely great. But yeah. um, but yeah. oh. Um, I just find it, you know, disappointing mm. that there's not, that, you know, that it could be the best, you know, but surely after it's one drink of the year. Is it still, the, year, is it the exact same drink as it was last year? It's with a, it's with a, the, the, a changing Calvados, so the Calvados changes quite a lot, I believe, okay. but it's still So here's essence. my thought, Jamie, yep. like just, the, this is the first year's wrong way on this, like, so you take something like the Golden Boot, right? Mm-hmm. So someone can win the Golden Boot like two, three years in a row or whatever. Yes. And it's for being the best player or whatever. I'm not really up on like baseball. Right, scoring or goals. Yeah. Um, so, like, maybe that maybe this drink has like on par being the best drink of that year every single year since the, like for the past two years. I suppose, yeah. but it's you know a, a football player starts from zero every year, starts on the same base level every year. Mm. 
I and guess I, would, I, I get... would think it should. I think that drink should be. In my opinion, that drink, a drink cocktail of the year, should be a drink that is either new on a menu. Yeah. It could be a classic or a modern classic, but a new on a menu, reinvented on a menu every nah, year. you're right. Yeah. Or a, you know a complete original creation. I guess it's, it, it's flipping the idea of a, of an award or a, or a prize on its head. Like because yeah. like you take something like I don't know something that springs to mind is like the Oscars or something. Like you could never you know put the same movie in twice on two consecutive exactly consecutive yeah, I think years. That, yeah you've hit the nail that on the doesn't head. make any it no. really doesn't make any sense no so um you've won a bar award though a class bar award no you've won a bar award i've won a multiple bar awards thanks very multiple? much multiple yeah fucking multiple well, bar awards well, have you well won? we won cocktail bar of the year when we were here oh, okay Tennessee. fair enough right but you personally have won, won one gin bar of the year later on right uh, and uh, yeah I won mixologist of the year but mm. I, I didn't re-enter it's the thing other people have re-entered after winning it and I've never re-entered for that award didn't want to be it you know I've won it once that's great let someone else have the, the opportunity to have that glory yeah but like do you think fucking Cristiano Ronaldo says that like oh you know maybe I was the best part in the, or excuse me the best uh, baseball player this year but you know I uh you know, I suppose. Like, you know, I'm, I'm, a, bit, I'm, a, bit, I'm a bit more humble than Cristiano Ronaldo. So, oh yeah, uh, yeah. Right, yeah. It's seen a lot, isn't it? Anyway, what are we drinking this week, Dave? Uh, I don't know what we're we drinking. Jim? We're, uh, drink, we're, we're drinking Pacifico, the old but, classic. Uh, uh, yeah, that uh, was the last time we were up here. Was Joanne Monroe, uh, uh-huh. the Joanne Monroe podcast, which listened to it. absolutely a great podcast. Yeah, one of the best. Um, we were drinking Pacifico, I believe. Really? And uh, the, I'd say a good. No, in I, fact, it was James Killen. We were drinking Pacifico. Right. And uh, but we also have a wee uh, a wee rather standard inclusion these days so yeah are we, are we lock fine yeah we lock fine number Craig Lee uh 10 year old yeah, yeah. well they, they are independent bottling of, of that yummy thank you cheers that's yummy well, I'm sure it's going to be yummy when I drink it I'm going to mumble into your last little more <laughs> Jesus Christ yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, yeah. but uh, so why don't we go on to story of the week it's a good and segue now, Jimmy another, I've, another I've good had, segue from Jimmy I've Moran. had Quite a few people tell me in the past week that uh-huh. they loved my story of the week last week. Who said that? My mum. Right. Who is one of the only listeners I got contact to this week because I was on holiday seeing her. Mm-hmm. But she she loved it. Right. And so I think that's a lot of Did pressure. you ask her if she it, loved it? No, no. Um, she said that. I forced, like, of, her, to, of, I forced of her, her to listen to it. Right. Um, uh, but so I think there's a bit of pressure on you this week to come up with a decent story considering the bombshell that was your first story on the first Beer Break podcast I know I apologise about that it didn't really make any sense probably yeah. this one probably won't make any sense either but it, it, it's something that, that happened to me when I, when I walked in Browns uh, on George Square um, right. so it was like a like, but set the scene what, so what, what's Browns for the listener that doesn't know Browns is just like I don't know like a just a, a bog standard city centre pub yeah. But it's like it's, it's attempting to be high end though, isn't it? A little yeah. bit. Yeah, and I'd say like when I worked there, like that was a good, that was a bloody good wee bar team we had. And it, people and it's, that and were interested a, in cocktails and you know. And it's in a very illustrious location oh, on George thing, Square, yeah. which it's, George it's, Square is the square in Glasgow. It's the you know the, the centre of the city centre. Yeah. It is. That's where I was going to finish that. So it's, anyway, back to your story. Um. So yeah, yeah, I was working in there, and uh, it was basically my first bar job, really, and. Uh, you, you know what it's like when you're you know you're immersed in a bar for the first time. You're just you're you're drinking a wee bit too much because you've just got a constant flow of alcohol, and you're maybe a wee bit too young to be you know to, to, to have that available to you, and uh, drinking every weekend and just getting you know getting fucked up every every Saturday night after shifts to two or three o'clock in the morning, um, and then go back to someone's flat and just getting you know trolled there. But anyway, I took it a wee bit too far one night, and I was in on the Sunday morning. Oh. So it was a cloping, essentially. Cloping. Yeah, cloping being, being you're closing the bar at, you know, two o'clock in the morning, then you're opening the bar at, say, eight, nine, maybe ten o'clock the nightmare in the shifts. Nightmare. Yeah. So I lived in the West End at this point. And you lived in the West End? Yeah. I used to live in Byers Road. No, you didn't. Yeah, I did. No, you didn't. Yeah, I fucking did. In any case. Right, we'll deal with that after the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I was living on Byers Road and I get up and I got up on time and I'm just like horrendously hungover. But also a little bit drunk as well, still. Oh yeah, still yeah. drunk. Like still my, like my breath could, like you could light my breath on fire mm. and uh, I'm stinking of booze and I'm sweating. I've not showered. I've not brushed my teeth. I'm just like, like grab my clothes and like out the, out the door because I'm going to be late. Not, to me that's not waking up on time. 
in in my mind I'm going to be on time I'm going to be on time so I get out my flat and my my flat was like two minutes away from the subway and I get to the subway station and the shutters are down because of course in Glasgow in Glasgow the subway doesn't open until what is it 11? it's 11 on a Sunday on a Sunday right I didn't know this at this point the subway in Glasgow runs from 11 until 6pm on a Sunday it's a bastard day of subway horrible subway (laughs) anyway so like I'm I'm in a panic now because I'm like I've got a level of responsibility in this part and you know you have to be open for you know uh, Sunday what, what was this afternoon tea or whatever it was it was it was crazy busy all the time in there for afternoon tea I have to get in and prep things I'm just I'm, I'm in a horrible state and I'm standing at the taxi rank for like 10 minutes I'm like right oh no and, where is this where is the taxi I need a taxi I need a taxi I need a taxi so I just, I just start like wandering I just start running down the road like just looking for a taxi anywhere I can like going down side streets and I'm I'm, I'm in a panic now really it's like it's ten past the you know like the, the time oh, I'm supposed no. to be in did you get in contact with anyone? no because I'm the guy that's oh, supposed the to be guy, in oh you're the guy that, yeah oh, Jesus. I'm opening oh. so uh, yeah I'm wandering all about and it gets to like half past and I see a taxi I spy a taxi and I'm like I'm dead on my feet at this point because I'm horribly hungover. I can barely stand. Not anything to eat at this point as well. I <laughs> no, no. I've probably been sick. I can't remember. <laughs> so I get into the taxi, and it was just a, it was just the loveliest man. It was a really old taxi. So like, say this taxi was from like the 1980s. And this is let's see, yeah, yeah. It's like a 30 year old taxi. It's one of those taxis that like clicks along like. Nice. You know, you know the kind of noise. came in after the horsepower carriages. Yeah, yeah, pretty much, yeah. Um, so I get in it and it's just the loveliest man and he's playing classical music right oh. and uh, it, it's like classic FM or something and at this point I was I had no interest in classical music whatsoever and I, I fall on the back seat and I say John Square and the man just like he's just he's off and like the sun's coming up Jimmy like on this beautiful Glasgow morning and uh, and I remember it's it was Hayden's cello concerto in C that was playing, and it and it's just it's like an allegro, so it just it's ve- it's a very slow piece, and we are gliding a- along the streets in Glasgow. The streets are absolutely empty, and, we're li- <laughs> and I'm listening to this classical piece that I've never heard before, and it's just the single most beautiful piece of music I've ever heard in my life. And I'm incredibly hungover, and like almost like in and out of consciousness, almost. And, the, and I can see the guy kind of looking in his mirror like, oh, fucking hell, what kind of mutant have I got in my taxi? Anyway, the, the, taxi ride, the taxi ride lasts for like, I don't know, like five minutes or something, but it's the most beautiful five minutes of my life because of this piece of music. Wow. And to this day, it's one of my most, it's one of my favourite pieces of music. Um, and I get out and like, like no harm done. I'm on, I'm at work pretty much on time, maybe like half an hour, uh, half an hour late or something. Hi, pretty much on time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I don't know why I wanted to tell that for story time. But it was just a bit, I don't know, it was just beautiful. I think that's uh, I think that's a, a bell through a story. Yeah, thank yeah. you, Jimmy. That even was story time. Though, even though there was no point to it. No, but, no point, um, yeah. No, but um, I think, I think it's good, good to celebrate those individual, like, weird moments that people might be able to relate to. Yeah. Maybe not in, exactly in this case, but... Uh, it was just the way that, it was the way the sun was coming up while this that, was all happening. Is that, is that what you think maybe started your love of classical music uh no i definitely had a a, a, a knack for it bef- before that right okay because i was like i played the violin and, and I, I, I i i was obsessed with chopin um after having seen uh, the pianist right and it, that that kind of sparked my love for classical music my uncle, my uncle raymond as well you know my uncle raymond uncle raymond's the, yeah. the biggest fan of the podcast yeah big time yeah we're getting one at some point oh yeah yeah um, um but yeah that was story of the week uh but we'll um uh, why don't we move on to topic of the week eh? so uh cheers yeah yeah right, cheers right. i thought we were naked you um, well, we were. We did in the first take, but we've had to redo this segment. So. Don't tell them that. That's supposed to be fucking hell. Breaking the first rule of podcasting. Uh, that's the same thing you do every podcast. We never edit the podcast, do we? Tell me, please. <coughs> tell me, as well as a listener, because I'm still not quite sure on the whole thing. What? What is our topic of the week this week? That's well, training, in it. Training? Yeah. In it. Training, in it. Okay. Um, what, what, what do we mean by Training. 
you know, Jamie. Like, I know that training happens on bars and restaurants, yeah. but but what, what, what you know? So what four, the... four main questions, right? Okay. So, what's the best trainers of, or trainings that you've ever had? Um, what's the worst? What's a, what's bad methods of methods of training? Mm-hmm. Uh, how is it best to train people? Mm-hmm. And is training even effective? Because, um, button is a craft. I think it's a craft. Yeah, I would agree. And you can't. I don't know what, I, what you mean by it. What you, do you mean by a craft? You can't really be taught it. You have to. You have to do it. Yes. You can't read about bartending and then you're able to do it. You just you just have to do it. It's like yes. carpentry or, or any, any other thing like that. You know? So with training, do you mean... Sorry, was, did you hit all four questions? That was four. Cool. Um, so with training, do you mean um, brand ambassadors and sales reps coming no, in No, 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 not, not Or do you mean on, on-site training from you know the bar management and supervisors to lower down right. the, the chain? So the way is I that? was taught bartending, right? So I was a bar back. You didn't answer my question. So I'm, uh, this is okay, this is me right. answering your question. You're being a roundabout way. Uh-huh. Fucking hell. Uh, <laughs> so the way I was taught about it is I was a bar back, right? I was told to clean glasses and to watch people. Been, not watch for very people. long because you were a supervisor in that same job. Uh, yeah, Browns again. But yeah. I mean, I mean, okay, but, it's not that sorry. big of an achievement. But uh, just you know, you've, you've just to watch how people do things and just like absorb information. That that for me is what true training is about especially with bartending now I was given trainings like official trainings where everyone turns up like four, five, six people turn up at the same time and you've got a, a senior member of staff and they tell you how to bartend or how to how to do something in a certain way that's all good and well but like it, it's hard to absorb and it's hard to it's hard to enact it straight away bartending has to be uh, performed to be perfected. Oh, you know? 100%. Yeah. And I, and, and I remember uh, one of my favourite documentaries is uh, Zero Dreams of Sushi. Have you seen it? Yeah. Yeah. Did we watch it together? No. Right. But the, we watched anything together. Probably not, no. No. No, we don't really hang out that much. No, we don't we should really. hang out with Yeah, we'll go for But in that, um, there's the concept of the uh, Shinokin, I believe it is. Uh, apologies if I'm butchering this, uh, but it's Shinokin. It's basically, it basically translates as craftsman. And the way that the uh, the father, Jiro, uh, who's the, the master sushi maker, and his son keep describing it. It's in is, the title. Yeah. He dreams of sushi. Uh, the, 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 way, the way he describes it is getting up every single day of the year and doing the exact same thing over and over again. Like the, That's said in the... In the in the yeah. documentary so many times said over and over again but sushi making isn't a simple process no but it's just about, it's about getting up in the morning at a very specific time and enacting the same acts and perfecting them yeah and I mean, that's, so that, that's what being a shinokin or excuse me if I'm getting that wrong is yeah you should stop saying that we should Google it right now and then yeah, yeah. we should pause it and Google it but we're not going to do that no no, because we, we don't, don't do edit, that we don't edit the podcast no at no. all um, um, but do you think so does that tie in with the 10,000 hours rule I guess yeah I guess it does so the 10,000 hours rule being that if you practice something for 10,000 hours be, be it whatever then you can perfect it or become a master at it almost yeah mm. um, I, I would I would totally agree and on your four main questions I would like to start at the last one mm. which is I can't quite remember what, you, what it was that you asked at the end but my biggest thing has always been you know I've, I did a, a one day like six hour cocktail sort of bar t- very very vague bartending course at Tenants Training Academy um, which is you know the kind of the biggest bartender training academy in Glasgow mm-hmm. and I did that at that point I didn't want to be a bartender like yeah it was just it was a way for me to get a job without any experience and yeah. to, to make Pay some money through money. Yeah, exactly and you know the the training course uh, in what we actually were taught wasn't particularly great like it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't huge but a lot of people there who you know, knew absolutely nothing about anything seemed like they've never even been to school oh god but what made it amazing was the person that was given the training Right. Because that person had uh, owned a bar in LA mm-hmm. and had had this bar with his brother and uh, had uh, sort of served celebrities and had this really cool cocktail bar 
and his and then passion, he ended up his training and tennis reading. Yeah, the, the bar totally failed, and he went bankrupt and ended up back home. But um, but That's his passion, story. his passion yeah. for drink service and his passion because it wasn't this wasn't a course where we were teaching people about you know spherification or making foams or this yeah, was just about, details this of, was just yeah. about you know nothing about hospitality cool come in we'll teach you how to speak to a table hold a tray mm-hmm. um you know what a 25 mil measure looks like that kind of thing and his passion really became infectious to me mm. and i think that 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 going forward with that the, the the best training I've ever had is I don't think I've ever really had in a place I've worked a proper sit down training from another staff member to myself. I don't mm-hmm. think I've ever really done that for another staff member. Mm. I've had to do it a few times. It's it's always awful. Yeah, but I think the the, the biggest thing my first like real cocktail bar job was at Tiki Bar mm-hmm. in Glasgow. And Tiki Bar didn't have that many full-time members of staff, but what they had was that when I joined, they'd been open for five years, and they had pretty much the same five full-time bartenders, sorry, five part-time bartenders Mm. throughout that entire time. And they always said, well, we're not in this to be bartenders. We're in this because we're studying, and this has just been a, a great job to have on the side. But they did it every Friday and Saturday, right? And what... We, uh, what I realized was that even though I was trying to be a bartender and I was a full-time guy, was that I can learn something, but it might not be everything that I learned from these people, but what I can get from these people is at least one or two things that I can just learn from watching them. Yeah. And that, for me, in every job that I've had, has been the biggest training for myself, is just watching and learning people and absorbing and being a sponge that's yeah, what I was yeah. described as being a sponge at Tiki Bar and it was because I just took one thing two things from every single person that I watched and worked with and it which led me from being a bartender that had been there for three months to being a head bartender super like really really quickly and I think it was probably yeah. the same for you at Browns yeah I, get, I think the, the meat of that is that uh, like official trainings or like formal trainings are very ineffectual it's more about the practicality of it. I think on, on in some cases, there is a real need for formal training. And I would say one of those is co- uh, coffees. Um, mm. Because I did a very brief coffee training on this course. And then went to work at bars that didn't have coffee machines. And then at Tiki Bar, we only made like three coffees a week. Mm-hmm. So when I came to the Finiston, I knew nothing about coffee. I didn't know really anything about how to sort of... Ste- because the, big, the biggest thing about coffee is, you know, you can teach somebody in three seconds how to pour a good espresso, double espresso or whatever, but it's about the milk and it's about, you know, that, that aspect of it is the biggest thing and that's what people are looking for. And that can only really be taught, I feel, with someone properly give, giving 20 minutes and going, right... This is how you do this. But it's the two-pronged approach. You you need both the someone who tells you how to do it properly, but you also need to do it a hundred times. Yes. I, like the, the my first attempts at making cappuccinos are f- fucking terrible. I tell you what, Dave. They're one day, up. one day you'll get there with cappuccinos. Right. Yeah. We don't have a coffee machine in on you, do we? No, we, we work? don't. It's yeah. beautiful. It is great. Oh. I, do, I mean, I do really wonder what it's going to be like if we ever go work in a bar with a coffee machine. I think again. it's like riding a bike. You think? Probably, I don't know. It's not. It's, not, know. it's about yeah. the sound, isn't it, with coffee? Yeah. With milk, it's about the, the hearing oh, and the feel. My girlfriend feel. and I were in a bar uh, a couple of weeks ago, and you know when someone's making a coffee and the the steamer is screaming yeah. like yeah. <laughs> like that. Wow, that was some noise. And it was. I'm like, gonna need to edit that noise. It was massively. literally for like forty seconds, and we were just staring at each other, mouth open, like how is he not hearing that? And how does he not know how it's to like when stop that? It's like when you're re-steaming milk. Like that, that, that <laughs> noise. I think that noise is only comparable to someone shaking a cocktail with ice that's like that, like, you know, tiny, tiny, tiny bits of ice that have been yeah. melted down to. Those yeah. are the two worst noises you can hear being a customer in a bar. Yeah. Shaking with bad ice and someone making that noise I can milk. hear it from, like, downstairs in a bar. Yeah. Like, something I can, and, like, you'll make, you'll make the order with your waiter and, uh, he'll like go off and like two or three minutes later you'll hear him making a daiquiri and it's just it's the wrong rhythm and it's the wrong 
like clinking noise. Well, you, and you, call it, you call it a lazy shake as well, don't you? you <laughs> we've been downstairs a couple of times at Baba and heard people making drinks upstairs. Like, it'll and... go, ach, 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 when actually it should go, Shake it to wake it, baby. Don't lull it to sleep. Yeah. Is what I've been told. Um, but, so, who have been your most important trainers? Um, trainers, my friend Scott, who I watched with, he was my supervisor when I worked in Browns, and my friend Charlotte. They were like. Uh, At uh, Browns as well? Yeah, they were both Browns. There's some at the Gilmore Cafe who were great as well, yeah. and, you, and obviously yourself. But th- those were the two, like, when I just started bartending and I, like, I just tried to learn absolutely everything. But did they actually them. sit you down and teach you things, or did you just learn by watching? Mm, they, they spoke to me about it on shift, like, my first few weeks when I was a bar back and stuff, and it was just so helpful. And it wasn't condescending, mm-hmm. which is something that, <laughs> this is another thing that I was going to talk about with training. I think it, it <laughs> I find it hard not to be condescending. Mm-hmm. Like, and maybe that's just a, a, a quirk of my personality, that people find me condescending when I try to teach them things. And I try my best just n- not to no, be, I but disagree. it's just like, I disagree, I disagree. I'd say, you know, people find you condescending when you speak to them most on most occasions. Oh, like, that's all. No. <laughs> no, yeah. no, no, right. Yeah. That was a joke that you didn't laugh at, and I'm mm. kind of embarrassed about that. I made it nah. just now. But um, no, but you know there there are certain. I know that you're not being condescending. I think most people that know you are know that you're not being condescending. I think mm-hmm. I come across as being very condescending a lot of the time, being haughty and being the oh I'm I, I know more about this than you. Yeah, you know and what, that's pa- a very difficult thing to to do is to come across as because obviously you're training somebody, so you yeah, yeah. you do know more about it. I'm the authority figure here, so fucking listen. But, but yeah, yeah, yeah. But then do you not think that one of the biggest things with being a trainer the most important factor is not the trainer but it's the trainee it's the attitude of the person that is receiving the training yeah no yeah absolutely if you've got a chip on your shoulder then it's going to be very hard to train you yeah for instance this this is something i've been finding very difficult recently with, with past couple of jobs is people who, who feel that they already understand cocktails mm-hmm. they already say they already know how to make cocktails like oh, I I don't need to I don't need this guy to teach me the basics, but when when they're making fundamental errors, right? So for instance, there was a either the past job that I had or the or the job before that, there was a fella who was uh, putting ice into the shaker before he was pouring his liquids in. Yeah, and you know? what that does is, is is you're already creating dilution in yeah. the drink before you even started shaking it, so you can't control it. Yeah. Properly. All, all the methods of uh, of cocktail making is about controlling the temperatures and the the ways the way the intru- the, the liquids interact with each other. Yeah. That's all you're doing as a as a bartender. Yeah, yeah. So by putting the ice in first, all you're doing is diluting the drink, and it's, yeah. it's very simple. And I just said to him, "Oh, you know, like by doing that, you're you know you're diluting it." it, it like it was like he. He already knew how to do it, so it's like, oh no, obviously what you're saying is wrong. Like that—that yeah. that was the way he decided that was the right yeah. way. So you're almost facing a brick wall sometimes, you know. Yeah, and I would say, like I said, it's, it's about the trainee, and I think from my perspective, my the best trainers I've ever had, and I can say two very clearly are um, at Tiki Bar. I had uh, Ben Luthien, mm. um, who didn't ever really sit me down and train me about anything, and a lot of what Ben does i wouldn't do but i it was one of those ones where you absorb other people's opinions mm. ben was so experienced with spirits and with cocktails and he was uh, just he's it's incredible still a very good friend to this day but everything that he said i would absorb as my own opinion so he would say oh this is the only type of gin that you should ever really drink is london dry gin and i'd never tried really that many gins but that <laughs> became my opinion to this yeah, day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and oh agricole is absolutely amazing you know rum uh, from the french part of the caribbean that has mm. a lot more funk to it you know that's the best type of rum that you should ever really sip that became my opinion without me ever really having tasted agricole mm. and through all of those you know kind of uh opinions that i didn't really have myself but i just said i had yeah, received opinions. Yeah. i uh i 
grew into a much better bartender because I'd already, I didn't have to learn all these things. I just kind of already had those thoughts in my head that that was the way to think. And then I then forced myself to be that way. Mm. And then after that, Jamie Buchan at the Commonwealth Cafe didn't do any training. Like, I, you know, we worked alongside each other for a while and then I became head bartender and he was my second in command. But just watching Jamie Buchan, I, m- m- most of what I do in terms of the stylistic way of making drinks mm. and the way that that a customer should be served and the way that customers should be spoken to is based on watching Jimmy Buckin. Yeah. And I did that having run one of the best bars in Glasgow, if not Scotland, having done that and left to go to another place and then to have somebody there that was, you know, part of the team to watch them and be so blown away by it. That mm. was one of the that was probably the biggest piece of training I think I've ever received was from Jimmy Buckin, and he didn't even know he was training. Yeah, he didn't know he was training. Yeah. That's yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Well, folks, we now have our special guest. We can finally reveal who that guest is. Would you like to do the honours, Dave? Did we not already reveal it? No, we didn't. No. Do you not even know his second name? Or maybe I should do the revealing. <laughs> <laughs> What's your first name? Thomas. Oh, excuse me. Thomas. Thomas Tom. Wisher, welcome yeah. to the podcast. Thank you. It's good to be here. And we'll get a wee introduction from yourself in a second, but we also have an audience, don't we, Dave? Oh, yeah. An actual live audience. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we have Ellie, and Ellie works selling chips. And we have... Uh, <laughs> the we premier have chip seller in the UK. And we have Craig, yeah. who cooks lots of chips in the Finiston. And uh, they maybe not... Not McCain not, chips? No, not, not McCain chips. Therefore... No. Good chips. So we're just going to do a big cheers, all, all everyone here together, and then we'll get straight into oh, the talk. Left in so, the uh, well, <coughs> cheers. Right. Yeah. Pleasure to have you guys. Thank you very much. So, Tom. Yeah. Delicious. Delicious. So, why don't you tell us a little bit about your bartending history up until now, and why you think that we maybe have you on the podcast today? Um, second part, no idea. First part, I started bartending in Aberdeen. Of all places. Aberdeen? In Aberdeen. Remember I said 30 seconds. Uh, yeah, very quick. Aberdeen, because uh, I was trying to make pals. Um, made pals, then came back down the road. Went to uni. Still bartended for beer money. Uh, got to the end of uni. Decided that my degree was... Are we allowed to swear? Yes. Shite. And uh, then... So I just got back into bartending full time. And ended up helping open some venues. Working some fantastic teams and venues around the city. And develop my knowledge and skill set, and then sort of through the years, I've now ended up here at the Finiston as one of the duty managers after I've done spells in management in a couple of other places. Yeah, and you know, Tom and I have known each other for you know, we've known each other for many, many years, very vaguely. Yeah, just knew each other through events, but then we became much more acquainted when I was trying to punt our beaky to you when yes. I was working for our beaky yes, and then yeah. from that point onwards you moved into the Finiston it's obviously very close to where I've worked for, yeah. for a long time and became very very good friends out the back of that I do remember there was one time uh, when you were working at St. Luke's yes when so I where we kind of I didn't even we didn't even know each other to kind of say hi to each other on a if we saw each other in the street kind of thing yeah but I was at a gig with Ryan Mowat. Yep. And uh, we went to the, the wing docks next to the part of the St. Luke's um, after the gig and went up and asked you for a drink and asked you for three drinks for the guys I was with. And uh, you the, I went with to pay and you were like, nah, nah, it's fine. It's not <laughs> fine. And I was like, Oh, oh, because I'm, you're I'm the big man. Yeah, because I'm the you, big you man. You were the big man, or rather, you were with the big man, or you, you were just the big man. Yeah. Yeah. Line, what? Ah! <laughs> hey, let's just let's just put on record. He wasn't at the bar at the let's, time. Let, let, just, let's just, just let's just put on record. That's definitely getting edited out. Uh, so, yeah. um, so we were discussing just before you arrived because Tom has been closing the Finiston. I have. We were recording the first part of the podcast. Oh, we are actually upstairs here are. at the moment. Um, uh, oh, we were actually saying this earlier. Is that upstairs still going to be called the Blue Oyster? We. Yeah, uh, as far I'm pretty sure bar. I can say this on record. It's either going to be the Blue Oyster or the Oyster Bar, as uh, my my second hand man, right hand man. Blue Oyster. Blue Oyster. Mm. I um I think it might be a reference to the Blue, blue Club. Well, no, no, I was I was, I was think, Blue Oyster Club. No, the Blue Oyster Club. But I, I was going to think of that, but it's not that. It's the Blue Club. I think. Just ruffle well, a wee bit older, Jamie. We are. Play it again. Editing. Yeah, just make sure we got that on. It's, on uh, yeah, remember, remember he does all the editing. So. <laughs> Uh, yes, so I was just Blue Oyster or the Oyster Bar. Um, 
as a 50-50 split between what it might be well we were we were saying it just it looks it looks incredible compared to you know what it, i mean it already looked amazing before but now it looks it did. really the cool decor. i mean there's lots of inspiration from maybe the bar that we run isn't there a little bit like lots, no. of, lots of green and pink could, could that maybe be think? a little bit of projection coming coming yeah, there. it's got you there Jim. But, uh, yeah, I, I mean i don't want to we were just saying though like a year and a half ago we recorded the first podcast here and uh, in this, oh, this yeah. exact room and it, ah. looks, it looks completely different yeah well. it is I mean, obviously, listeners at home, you can't see what we are, uh, but this room used to be uh, essentially quite a nice, a, a tastefully done uh, wooden pallet room. Uh, and yeah, hundred yeah, percent. That was, but it, I mean, it looked good. But now it's it's a lot more polished. There's there's neon lights that can change color. Oh, that is a Babbitt. They, they've literally stole that from Babbitt. Yeah, Babbitt. Hold on, yeah. just to okay, clarify, right. St. Luke's had that two and a half years ago. So that's yeah, yeah, still St. Luke's is in the East End. Come on. Uh, so. Shall we further discuss about right, Glasgow no, and Austin no, entire great no, places? No, 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 we're excellent, not going to do I've that. I've got an excellent segue, guys. Go segue. For it. segue. So, uh, this place used to be called the Academy. Yes. And it was originally the... the oh, that's, the, a know, that's a belter of a segue. That's a belter of a segue. I am, I am <laughs> quite impressed. Yeah. Can I finish my segue, please? Right, yeah. So, it was, the, segue. It, it, was the, uh, it was the training academy, essentially. Yes. And our topic of the week, this week, is training. Yeah. And, and so, what we were discussing before you came up, um, it was Dave posed four key questions. Oh, I can't remember a single one of them. Is this like hear no evil, see no evil, speak no evil, but the training version thereof? I don't know what you're talking about. But Three monkeys. <laughs> what do um, what Love does it. training mean to you? Like another good sandwich, Jim. Uh, sure so just straight. Um, I trained to me. I don't know. It's, it's it's a very cumbersome beast now, Stanley. To me, it just means ensuring that the staff presentation knowledge and consistency is up to standard for the venue and mm-hmm. training is whatever means for me at least whatever means you do or undertake to make sure that that happens yeah getting people there getting people there yeah so yeah. i mean it can be it can vary anywhere from so earlier on today for instance the bar team here were having a category training which was gin now for those that don't know the finiston is predominantly a gin bar so quite appropriate for what we do um, and then after that, we each selected the gin that we sell in the back bar and talked about it as if we were presenting it at a gin tasting. Um, so, I mean, that's category training. That's one aspect of making sure that your your staff have the correct knowledge, know the products that they're selling, how to talk about them. Um, the other side of it is slightly more... So I, I would say that's a quantifiable training thing. You can see clear results from it in that this person didn't know X and now knows X. Hmm about a product or a thing or whatever. The the other side is the more abstract stuff, which is more about your sort of uh, order of service uh, and all this sort of thing, you know, making sure that the way the customers are greeted, the way they're presented, the menus, options, whatever it might be. Um, and then in between that, you've got a whole bunch of other stuff. Uh, it might be... This is actually something we didn't explore when we were talking about... Stuff. Well, yeah. A whole bunch of other stuff. Yeah, something, a whole bunch of other stuff. Okay. Something we didn't explore when we were talking about training is like the training that it takes to run a specific venue yeah so like each venue has its own set it has its own set of standards yeah it has its own kind of well, it's ni- it has its own niche own niche it has, its own character its own yeah. atmosphere its own environment and its own team and uh, training has to be tailored to exactly that and the most important part of training is actually for me is the last part the team because mm. the team is what gives you the other four Mm. Or five, however many you want to quantify the it down to. The other X. The other X, yes, yeah, so in algebraic terms. Um, and, you know, we actually briefly outside of the podcast, I touched on this with yourself, Dave, earlier about mm. the importance of finding out what is right for your venue and for your team. Um, because the dive bar in uh, somewhere in Massachusetts is different to the two Michelin star restaurant in. New York or London, mm-hmm. they have different requirements uh, for their staff, different expectations from the customers walking through the door, and so clearly, what's training for one is not going to be training for another. Yeah, and equally, even maybe even more pertinently, is that the two Michelin star restaurant in New York will have different training to the two Michelin star restaurant. Also, in yeah, even with yeah. Yeah. Correct, yeah. So to maybe go into one of the questions that I've just remembered was um, uh, keep going. So. With um, you've done training in the past, and, yeah, and you still do training now. I'm very, very sure at the Finiston. Mm-hmm. But who have been the the best trainers you've ever had, and have they impacted how you train other people? Yeah, most definitely. Um, so there was, if you're talking about what I would call on the job training, which is ninety percent of all the training that we do, 
um, is I worked alongside a bartender called Pedro at a bar that is no longer exists. I think it's now called the Palomino, but it's called the Pony on oh Bath Street in the centre of Glasgow. Now, for those that don't know, Bath Street is pretty much in the centre of town. Many sort of late night bars, kind of dive-ish or full dive-ish style sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, when we've spoken about Tiki Bar in the past, yeah. Tiki Bar is Tiki on Bar Bath Street on and it's, uh, it's opposite the Palomino. It's almost yeah. directly opposite. Now, the Palomino isn't quite one of these, or wasn't quite one of these dive bars. Um, it was... It was you know, a pretty decent standard cocktail bar and it's one of the first places that I really started to get shown techniques and drinks that were maybe beyond the pale of the standard white Russian, classic milk-based cocktail, yeah. uh, the old-fashioned, a lovely bourbon-based cocktail, yeah. another rest but you, were, you worked there with Ali Shaw, I you? did, Who I did work there with Ali well, Shaw. our third it's ever guest. Quite an alumni. Um, yeah. 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 What, yeah. Tom and Ali Shaw. Uh, Jesus well, I mean, <laughs> is, is that all it takes these days? <laughs> Clutching his straws. Um, no, we did. We we worked for the same company Pedro, at the same sorry, time. Pedro, 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 yeah, Pedro yeah, you don't yeah. you, you do not know this man. I think Mr. he works. Mr. Jimenez. I think he I think he works in finance now. And funnily enough, I think Ali Shaw would also say that I think he was the most influential bartender. I think he did. I think Pedro's also be mentioned. I think he might yeah. have been because <laughs> Ali and I have had a conversation with us. Anyway, I mean, here's an example of what I was about to talk about, which is the uh, mentor. Aspect. So you were asking, you know, who are the best trainers and stuff. Um, now Pedro was specific to me. He was. He taught me. Showed me a lot of things. That is what I asked. That is what you asked. But I was going to generalize it. You thought um, that that there is that every bartender tends to have like a mentor or mentors plural or whatever. Um, and mentors. Mentorai. Ment- yeah. Mentoree. I don't know. No, that'd be the person. Anyway, <laughs> the the point is is that like the best mentors, uh, the best. The best trainer is the one that you can relate to, the yeah. one that you can connect to, and like, I will actually, you, you, the knowledge that they teach you is actually going to stick. Now, what I'm meaning is that if somebody's quite rude to me, for instance, in a work setting as a colleague, I'm probably not going to absorb the information, even if it's correct, that they're telling me as much as the person that does respect me, or does have a laugh at me, does come for a pint after shift, whatever it may be. The best trainer to me is the one that you can connect to. Yeah, the one that you can to. we spoke a lot about respect in that well first of all that if you don't respect somebody that's attempting to train you then it's going to go in one ear and out the other or it's you know it, it's, it's it's not going to work but yeah. also that what that leads into is that the most important aspect of training is not the mentor but the mentoree yep but the person that's receiving the training because you know there's we we are all you know people in this industry that are you know attempting to forge a career in this industry and so through 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 working with people we are attempting to learn from other people there's a lot of people that we've worked with and it's not for it's not better or worse it's just they've got other things on their minds yeah and they don't want to put as much effort into learning about it and that that you can be the best trainer in the world but that person doesn't want to receive that training then it's it's just it, it doesn't it doesn't really matter and that is the biggest issue in my mind with for training. Yeah, the, um, the, the, the the nightmare trainee is the person who thinks they already know it. Yeah, like I already know, I already know cocktails, so I don't need so to be taught the finer points. You know, I, which is why as to be part of the training session that we did in house today with the bar team was the gin that we picked. We made a classic cocktail that suited that gin as well for the purpose being that we might not actually know the classic that the other person going to do or like we might have actually got the original spec wrong or whatever it is but the idea was to cover these points that we think we all know but we might actually not and I can say from personal experience I am definitely winging the majority of this so yeah you know like it's the person that is sitting there because we all are winging it let's be honest kind of um, oh yeah speak to yourself Tom uh, I was I was you that was um, the is you know you know what David's saying that the person that knows it and just can't be taught why are you sitting in front of me like and this it touches on what Jamie was saying as well it's just totally right it's it's still a relationship of sorts and any relationship requires at least two people mm-hmm. it's 2019 um, <laughs> so you know like it, it has to be a mutually beneficial thing there has to be mutual respect otherwise you get what happens in any relationship which is a breakdown um, and so yeah so you know I think this is why mandatory training to touch on this can be quite a sticky issue. Even though people are getting paid to attend or whatever, 
There's Which still doesn't, it doesn't happen. It a doesn't lot of happen a yeah. lot. Yeah, we we kind of blag training sessions as you know beneficial for oneself, so that's the value thereof. And yeah, it can but you be, have to attend. But you have to attend. But we're not gonna. Work. If you don't attend, we're not gonna feel badly. But you have to attend. Um, but yeah, so you know, it, mandatory training can quite often cause this exact issue, this disconnect, because people just don't want to be there. Or, you know, quite a lot of the time, it's on their day off. Uh, it's at 2 in the afternoon when they were closing until 4 in the morning last night and they then went out to the casino uh, to have a couple of pints or whatever you know, like, and that's entirely fair why would you want to get dragged out on your day off um, and I, yeah I have uh, another question with regards to training um, I uh, for, for both of you um, I have sort of two training certificates in hospitality yeah one is the basic sort of bartender training from tennis training academy that i did before i started at bamboo my first bar job in oh glasgow jamie you i learn more and more about you every day we, spoke, passes. Of, we spoke about alumni with palomino i tell you what emily clark and ali shaw both came out of bamboo as well as myself touche so, yeah. touche right um, but uh, so would you say I that palomino was a step up then as ali <laughs> did both Mm, oh no, yeah, Ali's better than all three of us, and you're in, inconsequential. So. <laughs> um, but so I got this this one day uh, thing, basically, so, sort of to, just so I could get in the door of a bar. Yeah. But the other uh, training I have is the um, WSET Wine and Spirits Education. I'm trying desperately to remember what T is. Tro- tro- training program. 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 I think it's program. Yeah, yeah program. Uh, level two in spirits. I have. I don't have any of the white ones. Um, but I was wondering if you guys have any certificates of the, of along those lines, and what benefit you think those might have with regards to training, and whether it is worth it to put people onto these training programs. Look, I ain't got nothing. I ain't got none of that shit. Oh, you're, from the, you're from the streets. Bro. I ain't got no. <laughs> he's from the streets. He's made it. Yeah. Is it I, I, from the bottom. And I ain't never got no. He's here. He's here. <laughs> Yeah, no. <laughs> um, okay, so so Dave is nothing. Uh, uh, I I got none of that shit. Jarsy, no, I've none. But I really, I genuinely don't think it makes me any less of uh, less a bartender than anybody does. Like, listeners at home, you can't see the hand gesture that I am making, but I am like fervently waving at Dave to say that he's correct. Um, the I do have some bits of paper, but they're bits of paper. What do you have? Uh, I've so I've got the the personal license. Yeah, I well, suppose. I yeah, mean, that I counts. It's the day yeah, of the license. Yeah, yeah. I uh, wish I had that. Uh, the, yeah. I'm not even going to touch him that one. So, uh, but mm-hmm. the no, I mean, I've also got the WSET one. Yeah. Um, which was nigh on pointless. Yeah. I, I will, the the I level say. two spirits is just is absolutely pointless. It's like I, what what are. These are the ingredients in this cocktail: vodka, cranberry juice, lime is, juice, and triple sec. Is like, this a brandy cocktail or a cosmopolitan or you know whatever? I think. See, so I much like Dave. Well, this is what I'm picking up from Dave here. I don't put much weight by theory and um, training, sort of with the papers. It does look good for CVs when you're applying places. Does but it? No, I, I not really. I, have you ever looked at a CV and gone, right, brilliant, WSET level no, one? No, because the first thing you look at, the first thing you look at a hospitality CV is the is, amount of time they've spent in jobs. Yes, there we go. It is the indicator. Because um, if you're hopping about every three months, why are you hopping about every yeah. three months? Um, but, just, but it's a hackneyed kind of uh, piece of information where you're told that oh, if, you, if you have if this, you have this, if you then have this, then you, oh, you're going to get right, okay. a job. The, the analogy that I would use is that we all have, we were all educated to some kind of UK standard level in school, right? Um, I know, Jamie, that you did a lot of, um, you know, schooling abroad. Yeah, but I did the English curriculum. But you did the English yeah. curriculum. So, for as well instance, as the Spanish curriculum. But, you know, all right, we don't let's just let's just calm it down now. Jesus. All right. Um, so for me, I did you know in twos and hires, whatever. So I did higher mathematics, for instance. Could I tell you half of what was in those exams? No, we have been using algebraic formulae. We've well, I mean, been using X. I'm a stretch, but like, but this is the point: is that it is great to maybe start as a base to learn from if you really don't know anything about that subject. But the majority of what you'll learn will be built upon when you work, uh, who you work with, the events you do, whatever it might be. That's really where you're going to be picking up, to me at least, the majority of your knowledge, your information. And your understanding of what you're working with as well. Because why I say understanding is that you can tell me 
everything about a gin, a bourbon or whiskey. But until I actually taste it or put it in a drink, work with it, whatever it might be, I don't fully understand that. I can, in theory, know what it smells like, tastes like, but how to actually work with it. You can say it might pair well with orange or whatever, but until I actually try that out myself and fully understand why and where its flavours come from, all I know is a bunch of words. Uh, yeah. You know, as, and so... Uh, the, lo- the answer is the long short answer to what you asked is yes and no it's a good place to start for people that generally need a place to start but I feel that many bartenders uh, floor staff chefs whatever probably get to a point in their career and where they already know things and then are offered training that's probably below the knowledge level that they're at or the position that they're at um, maybe not always the case but generally yeah. uh, you tend to get offered stuff after you know it yeah, I think that's a very good way to finish the training part of this podcast. Yeah. Um, what I would like to touch on as a, almost a secondary topic of the week, just very briefly, yes. because I know it's a topic that's close to Tom's heart, and oh, yeah. it's also very close to my heart. Oh, I know you, Dave, don't give a fuck about it. I don't know. Oh, okay, what are we going to talk about? Um, is, and uh, as I said, very brief. Very brief. Tom. Very brief. Yeah, I, so you know six, what, you six know, word sentences. You know I can do brief so well. Yeah, uh, no, I'm no, quite actually quite excited now what you're going to do. I don't know. Um, I, just, um, I want to just touch on Jeez. world class, the <sighs> biggest cocktail competition in the world. Yes. The global finals are going to be in Glasgow yes. this summer. Yes. And we will speak about this probably with every guest we do From up until that here point. On out. Yeah. And so I think it would be good to speak to Tom about because we've spoken about this over the past couple of weeks yes about we have how, I mean how important do you think this is going to be to Glasgow and what can we do to get the most out of it and okay. I say brief six word sentences right Wait, give, give me a second to I mean, think about I'll this give you, I'll give you 60 seconds to 60 seconds okay for Glasgow fantastic we'll highlight and showcase what the, our industry both food and drink have been doing for the past 5 to 10 years um, we've just lost an audience member that's, that, that's fantastic he's already second of all um, it will much like the Commonwealth Games things bring uh, a set of people who have not seen Glasgow before so we'll give it further exposure that I don't know if any remember the Commonwealth Games but there's been a massive change in Glasgow to me at least as a born and bred very proud Glaswegian since 2014 um, yeah, we, that, we spoke but, about the Commonwealth Games in the last podcast right we? not going to touch on it anyway um, so it will that will bring a new set of eyes to Glasgow um, it should in theory also um, sort of what's the word I'm looking for inspire uh, those of us that work in That's the game a here difficult word it is very difficult it is 2 in the morning uh, it is don't tell me the time no but you're 2 minutes out 2 you're minutes out okay, <laughs> um, it should hopefully inspire uh, the current generation of bartenders to up their game to a world class level like we already have some fantastic industry members uh, and have produced and some and also yourself Tom and also myself oh <laughs> god I'm so Jesus the, so like, it should hopefully inspire the current generation now we have already produced as I say some fantastic bartenders uh, That I'm not trying to deny that whatever. Uh, but like all industries industry has changed since the last Glasgow iteration and so I'd like to think that world class could be something fantastic for this iteration of the Glasgow bartenders and what it might push us to do uh, and going, even going past it, the things we might see coming out of it in terms of bars that may open, events that may happen, you know, industry-related stuff, because it should hopefully leave a mark in this city. Uh, I, think, I think you've hit the nail on the head, because the biggest thing I think is for, for the world-class will bring is not even world-class itself. You've, you've even spoke, you spoke about the, the press and the eyes that are going to be on us, mm-hmm. but I think what you said just at the end there is the biggest point. Yeah, is that is that it's it's what it will drive everyone to do in the months up to world class yeah, that is, and that if that if if that drives people to get people that weren't sure if they wanted to be a bartender to become a full-time bartender or people to put in that little bit of extra effort when it comes to a cocktail list and people to be better presented or to speak better to everybody because they don't know if that person is a member of the global bar, bartender now, press to clarify listeners at home that is not why you should be nice to people you should be nice to people just to be nice to them but Yes, that is our thing. We are in is, the hospitality industry after yes, all. Yes, we're all fake happy. Um, I the, on, the, on, on that hospitality note, why don't we move on to Dave's little part of the podcast? 
Dave's little part of the podcast. I don't know if he can go any more patronising about that. Oh, th- uh, thanks for picking up on that. That is that's cool. I'm here to, that I'm here to back week, you up. happens every week. Every week, shocking. Oh. Yeah. Um, so Dave, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll pass on to you, son. Wait, is this my little part? Yeah, it's just oh, his thanks, little part. Thanks, Jamie. Thanks for that. So, Dom, this is inside the bartender studio. Okay. So, so come in. Mind the step. Mind the step. Yeah. Oh yeah. dear. Uh, take, a, take a seat. That's, uh, that's a comfy one. I don't know. No, sorry, that's my seat. Just there, right there. Just, oh, yeah, wait, one over. There we go. Okay, yeah, we're in. There we yeah, go. You may want to wipe that down a wee bit. It was feeling a bit yeah, warm. It's a bit sticky. Yeah. Jamie's I'm really, bit, really Jamie's, excited for you Jamie's to be here. Jamie said, "I did not need to know that, but it's good. You can't see the look in his eyes. Listeners at home, you can't see the look in his eyes. That's actually a leftover from John O'Connor. That one." Moving on swiftly. Yeah. What's the best drink you ever had? Best drink I've ever had. Uh, honestly, wait, quick fire. Best drink I've ever had. A uh, glass of red wine in Lisbon with my current girlfriend uh, in a lovely. Um, yeah, I didn't have to say current, did I? No, no okay. That oh. um, <laughs> <laughs> overlooked the river. Current girlfriend. And ah. exactly, yeah. He's um, just trying to. He's just listening. He's just trying to make out. He's it. had more than, more than one, one girlfriend. girlfriend. I've not. It's a lie. It's been <laughs> a fan. Um, so uh, yeah, red wine on a veranda bar. Lips overlooking the thing and. Company setting and also the wine was fucking class. So it's, yeah, so that I'd say the best thing I've ever had. I know you might be spending a cocktail, or whatever. Nah, no, that's a great answer. Yeah. And that was your current girlfriend, yeah. Current one, <laughs> yeah. Right. Current uh, one. Uh, what's the worst drink you ever had? Worst drink I ever had a pint out of the Oran Moor. <gasps> Oran Moor listens at home is a bar that I also did used to work oh, in, but it is not related off, to the. Slagging. I will quite happily slag that place. It's terrible. <gasps> it's um, big church at the top of Bars Road. Don't go in. Uh, yeah, the views expressed in this podcast are those of Tom. Tom Musher, honestly, Skinny Boy Limited. You can come after me. It's grand. We'll talk about that later. We'll talk about it. Don't play any music. They don't play any music. They also I don't clean their lines. That's why I'm saying the painting. I've got a big issue with the Oramore because uh, the Dude. last time I was in there, I uh, asked one of the girls behind the bar uh, if, she, like, if I could give her my number, and she totally point blank turn me down yes that is not an issue to be had with you on more Jamie that is something that will that's just happen a, that's, when a, that's you a, get... a more personal thing that we'll deal with in that, yeah, I think you'll need to deal with that <laughs> to benefit like, fucking, I was like we're going to deal with it in like that I don't, yeah. know. Um, I don't know where to start with that Jamie. Oh, no, no. so next question uh, I've, already uh, that, I've already edited that whole bit out no, <laughs> in my head done yeah. um, what's yeah. your perfect bar snack perfect bar snack uh, pork crackling that's yummy yeah, yeah. Pork, pork crackling and um, doesn't waste a pig and is tasty. Salty. Salty, great. Doesn't, doesn't waste a pig. Uh, <laughs> uh, when you're closing down the bar, what do you listen to? Uh, whatever I've been listening to at the time, mostly, but the fallback classic is. Uh, you know, whatever. Um, that, that yeah, sort of like your earbud, whatever. But aside from that, is uh, disco slash 80s classics. Excellent. Right. Yeah. Uh, what. <laughs> What's your least favourite bar tour? Least favourite bar tour? Mine, mine was always cleaning the coffee machine. Okay, I see you. Um, least favourite bar tour, I can't say closing the bar, it's too cliche and shite, uh, is. Too oh, vague. It is also too vague. Is the unblocking of whatever the hell you are using to dispense of the used fruit from drinks. Do you know what I mean? So, for instance. Right. You know, can we. Rewind a little bit. Yeah. The unblocking of whatever. The unblocking of whatever. So, for instance, unblocking sinks. Basically, yeah. Okay. But it's not um, always the point. Getting that is, it's not always sinks, and it is almost invariably disgusting. Right. I know. You look at this. So, it's have you ever sinks? had? To, have what? you ever had a mop bucket? Why are you unblocking have toilets? You ever, I'm going to tell you this. You ever had a mop bucket yes. with a big? Okay. Didn't speak fast enough for Jamie there. With a colander, blow it. Then a sieve, blow it, and that sort of thing. Because your no, I'm not. Yes, exactly. Don't walk in the arm more. <laughs> anyway, unblocking six. Basically, anything, anything mushy, fruit related. Okay. Just for the the, the feel is yeah, just wrong. Yeah. Did you hear me when I said quick fire? Um, did you hear me when I said I can't do short answers? Hey, right, okay, next. Beer or wine? Wine. Uh, what's your favourite shot? Mezcal. Mezcal. Is that yeah. a question? Yeah, your favourite show. Yeah. That's a new one. No, it's not. Is it? Right, no, okay. we introduced that like, uh, a few podcasts ago. Right, okay. Anyway, high-end liqueur. High-end liqueur? 
Hang end liqueur. No. But it's a new question. Hang over cure. Oh, hang over cure. Also, high end liqueur. High end liqueur. Okay. Jesus Christ. Eskibak. Does that count? That doesn't count. High end liqueur. Nah, nothing. I just love Muir. Crown de Muir. Really? Yeah, versatile as fuck. You shot that? I shot it, yeah. Well, I wouldn't. I mean, I I thought you were just asking about what is my favorite, but you know, you know, I'm you know, versatile. Anyway, yeah. um, gin or gin or vodka? No, no. Uh, gin. Uh, hangover cure is no, 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 no. Big dirty ass. Okay, I'm sorry. Just, you know, big dirty ass uh, dirty bun. Glasgow roll sort of thing. So you're talking fried egg, potato scone, bacon, sausage, bacon, whatever your your you know poison might be. Wow. Yeah. That sounds yummy. It's good. Just the greasiness. Just, it's 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 just, it's just exactly it just what it is. Everything. Everyone tells you, like, you know, sweat it out with a bollocks grease. How do you take your martini? Uh, varies, but naked. Spirit, garnish, spirit. So, like, no, it's no, no spirit. spirit. No spirit. No spirit. No spirit. No spirit. Oh, sorry. It's a naked I mean, you said, with you, no spirit. You said, sorry, you said martini. You didn't say vodka martini. You said martini. How do you take your martini? That's a great answer to that question, by the way. Is it? You would love. You should love that answer. That there's is only my one, answer. There's only one martini. There's only one gin martini. martini. A gin martini. Anyway, um, so John O'Connor said his favourite was a vodka martini. I'm going to slap you. Uh, well, you not John? That is. No, he just keeps reference to it. No, sorry. Uh, naked, uh, fresh, distressed and discarded, um, and I really like at the moment. Uh, Bricky's gin, actually. If I'm being perfectly honest, I'm not getting. I'm not getting paid for this in any way, shape, or form. No, Bricky's gin being the uh, the the great gin from the Australian, Australian forest, North North Byron, Macadamia, fields, and all that. On all the rest of it, very sustainable, very top notch. If uh, anybody wants to be uh, wants to be a sponsor on Grapefruit and Cheese, cheese, you can uh, actually pay for it next time. That'd be great. Um, uh, We have great rates, and just get in contact with Dave or Tom. I'll take that. No, not Tom. Okay. Um, next. What's the longest you've gone without a drink? Since you started drinking? Ah, uh, it's honestly not a question I can answer. Like, a couple of days, probably. Uh, That's right. I mean, well, yeah. But I'm West Coast Scottish. Like, I kind of hardwired into the... Dave just said that's rough and Dave couldn't do two weeks without meat. Aye, but I reckon I could go longer without meat than I could go without bread. Yeah, but bed, that's, what yeah, I mean. right? that's what I mean. Oh, wait, yeah, I see what you're that's saying. Exactly yes, you're, yeah, yeah. you're agreeing with me. I am agreeing with you. Next me. question. Next please. question. Uh, who's the best bartender you've ever worked with? I'll get back to that one. Best, okay. Uh, best bartender. Jimmy's I, just pointing out uh, the yeah, question that I missed out. I, I, was, I was like, I don't, I don't know. I'm not to... doing them in order, Jimmy. I'm doing the order well, that I want to do them. I said. Um, it is your little part of the The, the man at Palomino I talked about earlier in the, the mentor aspect, Pedro. Um, uh-huh. But in terms of other things. And let's bear in mind you've not worked with either myself or Dave. No. I was never planning on saying either of those well, you've things. you've not worked with either of us, so. so I couldn't. You're I was right. never planning on been... ever working with uh, either of no, us. I'm not planning on ever working with him either. Ever again. <laughs> uh, purely for uh, personality, a man called Christopher Burns, uh, who I worked with, funnily enough, at the Orin Moor. But down in the brasserie in the cocktail and the champagne aspect of it. But um, never seen a man able to connect with a customer. So quickly and easily. Wow, mm. that's beautiful. Thanks. I try. Uh, what's your least favorite drink to make? <sighs> Ramos gin fizz. You've had to make it. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Where? The Ormore. This keeps coming up. Can we please? You had to make a Ramos in the in the Ormore. Yeah. Have you ever met the wankers that go there? Holy mackerel. Yeah. No. Um, Ramos gin fizz. Jeez. Yeah. Uh, if God what? exists and you were to go. For a drink with him or her? Her, definitely. I've got is this definitely a woman. What? That wasn't the question. I know, but I'm just my interjection. What would she drink? Uh, I suppose Aquavia, right? Really? Yeah, so what of life. What uh, then does that be? It could be anything. Yeah. I was more of a shape pun than anything. But uh, uh, apart from that, what are you going to drink? Water. What? What? No. God, that's not baby. You don't think? Nah. See, that, like, that, that was one that, that I, yeah, I'm God must see on that. God doesn't, because it doesn't need to be. He? No, he said God. Disney. No, he, no. Disney. 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 Oh, excuse me, right, okay, I'm a bit he, drunk. There you go, it's alright, Disney. God doesn't need to be. What's your desert island bottle, Tom? 
Desert Island Bottle. Oh my god, that's no, a Dave, good what's question. The, what's a Desert Island Bottle? It's basically a Desert Island Bottle. See, you're trapped on a Desert Island. Oh, yeah. Jesus Christ. And uh, you did ask. Like, you know, th- there's no hope of escaping. Mm-hmm. You're trapped there for years. Yeah. And you've got this one bottle that you could take to this island. Mm-hmm. Or that you can you can discover on this island. I ask what, because what Dave do? doesn't quite realise that this is a real thing that the listeners look forward really? to. What? Dave mm-hmm. explaining this. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, do you not just look forward to Davies League like anything? Um, that is so. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it depends. Uh, it's a very different question. Great question. Oh, thank I love you. it. It's a great question. Uh, I really, really, really want to see Bugfast because I adore Bugfast, um, but that wouldn't last that long. So I would have to go for high ABV, high ABV, and like like tasty something. I you know something like. I mean, I love really good rums that's and whiskey. That's actually quite unique, Aster, that someone would actually want something tasty to take to dinner. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're on. You're, you're there for like. Oh, shut up! I just got <laughs> that. Um, uh, no. Okay, right. In that case, Buckfast or Kumo. Kumo. Yeah, Wilshmit Kumo. Kumo, which was what Kumo, I thought. Wilshmit Kumo was what you thought you. I was going to say, and say, yeah. I, I was. It was one of the two choices. Kumo being, it's like a carry liqueur yeah. from sort of a central it's Europe. Like, it's, it's like, like Sambuca, but not shite. Um, it's like mentholy, delicious, delicious, goodness. lovely, yeah. great, easy drinking, high ABV. Yeah. Can't be. Might be my least least favorite liqueur of all time. Is it? Oh, big thing. Yeah. Big thing. I get a kind of pickly vibe from it, and I fucking hate pickles. Fair. Yeah. Okay, feel that. Well, don't feel the pickle, but oh. understand why you don't like it. So. Yeah. yeah. You do. You. Don't, yeah. don't fear the pickle. Don't fear the pickle. And that is. So we've now found the name of Dave Alley's sex tape. Yes. Hey. 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 Yes. Uh, so, so, um, uh, on, on that, that bombshell. Uh, on that bombshell. On bombshell. Uh, we'll take a wee step outside the bartender studio. I'm sorry, mind the step on your head as well. Um. Yeah, you don't need to mime it every time. That's a bit embarrassing. Yeah, um, well, they can't see it, can But we? that was this episode. That was grapefruit and cheese. I thought I, I had a lot of fun this episode. Big team. I, I don't even yeah. know how long this episode's. Jesus Christ, that's run for a long time. I mean, I'm feeling like I've got Stockholm syndrome, but yeah, it's good. Yeah. A pleasure, Tom. Thanks for coming Thank on. you very much. Thank you very much. A pleasure being here. No, it's, uh, it's been great chatting to you. I actually and, feel like I made um, it. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, you have, and uh, you know, it's one of the, it's one of my favorite things on this podcast is that you know, giving bartenders that feeling of that you know they've made it when they come yeah. on to. Oh, but just honestly, giving <laughs> giving a bartender any kind of recognition is quite nice. Yeah. Um, we don't get much. But yeah, we'll no, see thank that. you so we'll much. Thank you very much. Can we have a big round of applause from our studio audience? Yeah. Oh, that's a yeah. Um, that was beautiful. Yeah, that was great. Um, we'll uh, we'll see you next week. I've yeah, been great for it. Well, ho- uh, hopefully next. Week, hopefully you- next week. Uh, next week, I think it will just be me and you again, Dave, and then maybe another big one uh, the week after that. Another hopefully. big one. Yeah, because this has been big time. It's been big time. Yeah. Um, but in the no, meantime, thanks, um, again. Yeah, uh, yeah. No. So I've been great for it. And I've been the other one. And I've been Tom. Uh, and thanks days. for listening. Um, as always, uh, you can catch us on Spotify and the other ones. And, iTunes. Um, SoundCloud. You guys did a real good job. Keep up. Oh, uh, thank you. And uh, yeah, if you want to get in contact, you know, you know where we are as well. Um, uh, Do they? Well, you know, Instagram, Instagram, grapefruit cheese. Huh? At grapefruit cheese. At grapefruit no cheese. No and in between grapefruit and cheese in that one. And just to confuse you. Uh, and grapefruit and cheese. No. At grapefruit cheese. And grapefruit and cheese. We're gonna edit this. We're gonna edit this whole, whole segment. So that's done. Instagram at and grapefruit and cheese. Yeah, and, and then, then on Facebook on, it's on Spotify, uh, grapefruit it's and cheese. All the dots from coms. Uh, and, uk. Uh, just you know, just uh, just get in contact whenever you want. Grapefruit.com. And just you know, let us know. You know, did you did you think Tom was a prick? Did you like him? Hmm. Um, Please, honest opinions only. Um. And Unless it's disparaging. Unless it's disparaging, obviously. Uh, or slanderous, in which case, I will sue. You will sue, he will sue, ladies and gentlemen. For the final time on this, po- this podcast, for the final time on this podcast, I've been, I've been cheese. I've been grapefruit. I've been the other one. And uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Bye bye.